Good evening, MJ. Good evening, Trey. This is going to be episode 42 and a half of the Beyond the Curve, the MX podcast goes off-road and sometimes off-track. Yes, So most of the time off-track. We've got, we've got a few weeks of stuff to catch up on. We've got some quad racing. We've got some FTR racing. We have some IMSA road racing. We have a Detroit Supercross to cover. We've got Sprint Enduro results, um, upcoming things. So first of all, what's going on in the racing world of MJ? So MJ has a lot of stuff going on. Uh, GNCC is not this coming weekend, but next weekend. So it is full crunch time to get stuff done, ready to go. Um, just got my graphics proof back today. Um, so going to be approving that. And we'll hopefully be getting those in. Got bumpers ordered and ready to be coming in and uh, my national bike is hopefully going to be ready by this weekend so I can bring it home. Um, cause it is, is it, yeah, it is at Santos shop right now and we have a couple parts that we need to swap out from, uh, the bike I have down here. We're going to swap the shocks out and, uh, wheels and tires. Um, but I will say it's, like I said, it's crunch time, and it's it's getting real close to if it's going to be able to be done to come home with me or not. So um, we'll just have to see about that. But I did race this weekend at the FTR, the TCTR, I believe, yeah, um, in Indian Town. I raced the dirt bike and the quad again. Uh, dirt bike start was amazing. Almost got the whole shot um, as I was doing circles to my bike. Um, if you can't tell, that was sarcasm. Yeah, how many um, how many guys were in the the beginner class? Forty six riders were uh, in the beginner class. So full gate of motocross is forty. You had six more riders, and let me tell you that starting in the back half, I purposely did. If you go to my Instagram, I posted it on on there. So uh, if you want to see what I'm talking about, go ahead check it out um, at MJ underscore Yodonis five twenty five, and I'm literally doing circles because the the way dirt bikes start at FTR is it's a Le Mans style start. You're supposed to run to your bike and, you know, and, and I'm looking down the beginner line and all these people are just ready to run to their bike. You know, they're, they're basically positioned on the ground like you're, they're about to race a track race. I'm like, is it this, is it this year? You know, we're, the, we don't even get a plaque at the end of this race. If you win the beginner class, you don't even get a plaque. You get booted out. Yeah. I mean, you don't even get to race the class again. Yeah. So are we really that worried about running to our bike? Um, so, and with there being 46 riders on the on the uh, line, I was like, you know, do I really want to be in the meat of everybody going into this first corner? Well, you're not so, the biggest guy either, so you would be no, the bounce. Yes. Not the bounce. I would be the guy that gets shot <laughs> to the outside of the corner. So um, did circles going to the bike, got it started. Um, I'd say I was probably three quarters of the way back. I, I think I counted I, I, before I went into the woods, I passed about 15 other riders um, just making up spots before um, getting into the woods and ended up finishing 21st on the day um, in the bike class. So top 50%, not too bad. Um, now to the quad race, which is supposed to be my bread and butter. Unfortunately, this weekend it was not. Um, I got a fifth place start. Then the guy in fourth place proceeded to kill his bike somehow. So he stops directly in front of me. I ram into the back of him. I, I don't have anywhere to go. 
So I, I put it in reverse, try and reverse and get around him. But by the time I am back out of reverse into high, I go and he's already going again. So um, I am now sitting dead last. You couldn't see his brake lights? No. I guess we love to delete lights off of our bikes. <laughs> I so, mean, you do earn a utility quad. Yeah. We actually saw it. Not the. We were. We were we. We were at a hotel or something, maybe a convenience store, and there was a brand new utility quad. And I'm like, holy cow, they're dropping off MJ's new bike. Yeah, that's my bike. Back in some pickup truck. I'm surprised you didn't pick it up for me. <laughs> the big rancher. Um, but uh, so I'm now in dead last. By we're about two, three miles in, and I've made my way back up to second. I think there were six of us this weekend. Not a big line, but um, I made my way up to second. I could see first place. And I just start hearing these weird noises and just really chattery handlebars. And uh, I stop with Tyler Miller, the photographer, and we're checking out the bike. We just, we don't see anything wrong, you know, out of the ordinary. So I get back on, take back off. And I was stopped there for about, I think my dad, because it was on this track, you have that little, you know. Yeah, a little swell. The little, the little swell. So. Um, I was right on the other side of that. So my dad could see me. He's counting. And he said I was there for about two, two and a half minutes. Well, I take back off, try and just push it to the back of my head. And I end up catching back up to the back half or the back part of the um, class again. And then I pull into the pits and basically tell my dad, you know, what I'm feeling, what's going on. You know, tell him why I stopped with Tyler. And I, we sat there for about three minutes just talking, you know, like, if there is something with the wrong with the quad, is it worth it knowing that we have something bigger coming up with the nationals? Is it worth going back out there, possibly breaking the quad more if there is something broken? And um, so I sat there for about three minutes just talking and eventually I made the decision just to go back out again and uh, ended up catching back up to the back part of the class. But um, right, right about when I caught the, um, the last place or the second to last place guy again, um, I started having an asthma attack, which not many people know I have asthma. I hide it pretty well, but I do carry an inhaler with me at all times. And, um, it just, it doesn't flare up too much. So it's not, you know, I don't voice, voice it out too much. Um, but this race, it was just extremely dusty. It ended up flaring up. So unfortunately I did have to pull off, but come to find out, we get back to the, to the house Sunday. I'm going to clean the bike in my sway bar has snapped my front sway bar has snapped um on the right hand side so which would explain the abnormal um chattering and the abnormal noises i was hearing and stuff so um definitely makes me feel good in my head that i'm not crazy and you know i'm not just hearing things and feeling things but uh yeah my my racing was pretty good but we can talk about some other people's racing at the ftr if i can get to that page yeah this is a, this this track is is uh kind of become fairly well known it's good good track it's mm -hmm. a, a sandy sandy track runs through some um small forested areas it's got uh, some pasture areas uh, they do a good job mixing in the variety uh, it has been known for a few years for a very very long set of sand whoops that you said wasn't there for you guys yeah. this year oh, was it not there for sunday either you think or i i don't believe so because we ran um like completely uh, adjacent to it 
Uh, um, so instead of hitting the sand whoops, they ran us in and out of that field over okay, there. Okay. So I, I do believe that it was, they just decided to take it out. I don't know if it was too much trouble last year, you know, riders getting hurt and yeah. crashing. And so. It's become one of the, like, cooler tracks on, on the FTR circuit yeah. for the year. So, um, well, how many, how many, uh, big boys were down this, this time? So there was only one XE2 guy. Um, down, uh, Dylan Wallraven was down. He ended up finishing third on the day, but there were quite a few amateur riders that came down. Mm -hmm. Um, so we can kind of run through it. Brandon Frazier got first, um, by just under three minutes against Brody Lee, who I believe is going to either race college a or possibly even XC2 this year. I'm not too sure which class he chose, but he is from Iowa or Indiana, one of those okay. states. It starts with an I, but I don't remember which one out of the two. You got a few choices. Um, yeah. So, and then Dylan Wallraven, like I already mentioned, he finished third. Rudy Lemus, who is a Florida boy, he finished fourth. But um, Jordan Berg rounded out the top five, which he's another one of the uh, – I do almost 100% believe he is from Iowa. Jordan uh, is – and the last person I see that came from up north is uh, Harrison Lindsay. He's from South Carolina, I believe. Okay. Um, races he races college A, but that's going to be your top five for the the quads. I know there's quite a few double A's. Good, yes. Good turnout so, for the double A's for FTRs. Yeah. So total, well, I will say the stat that I think is pretty cool is the top twelve double a riders or the top 12 overall were all double a riders typically you see some a class riders sprinkled in there um if, that have beaten the double a's or even some b or 30 plus guys are pretty quick as well because you know same thing on the bike side yeah. they they're double a guys that move down um so that was pretty cool uh that stat there was 106 of 106 quad riders that completed a lap so Pretty good turnout, if I do say so myself, for the quad. Yeah, uh, quad race. Quite a few. Uh, quite a few. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So, one hundred sixteen that started. Yeah. And um, about ten guys didn't didn't finish or did not complete a first lap. So, hope hope they're all okay. Yeah. Or I don't remember okay. any in injuries from from the race. So I know there was. I can't. It was a it was a pre mod A guy. Um, but it looked like a young kid. By the time I got to him, of course, you know, it was my first lap. He was already loaded up on the – but it, it was so – I guess it was so bad, they actually brought out red cross flags to slow us down. Uh, yeah, I've, I've had that – down there, I've had that once before. We had a gentleman have a, a medical event, and we actually got rerouted so they could Attend to him, yeah. yeah. So – but by the time I got to him, he was sitting upright – in the front seat of the medical mule. So obviously he's not doing too bad if he's not laid out on the yeah. stretcher, but it was in a high speed field section. So I can only imagine what type of uh, crash he had, but talking about pre-mod, um, we can go to the two o'clock race and see there. So Corbin Dinkle took the overall win. Um, I, if I remember correctly, I do believe he is a younger kid. Um, probably, you know, about, about what um, Blake Yaris was when he won his first double A race. So, um, what was that, 18, 19, 20? If even that, um, from pictures I've seen of him, he looks pretty young. And then uh, Travis Holfish 
taking second place, and uh, Paul Dietz taking third, rounding off the podium. Um, but I'd like to make mention of Kyle McAfee um, finishing seventh overall on an Evo bike, which if you guys don't know an Evo bike, which I did, I didn't know either. I had to look this up before filming the podcast, but I can read y'all the exact rule here. I pulled it up. A motorcycle will be considered legal for the Evo class. If it is an air cooled motorcycle, any displacement manufactured prior to 1988, provided it has front and rear drum brakes and there's no limit on suspension travel. However, Modifications must consist of OEM or aftermarket parts that were available prior to 1988. So, you know that is a rough ride, and that bike probably does not have much power. And they were scooting. Yes, when he he lapped me, he flew by me. So, um, now I will say one thing about that 1988. um, Obviously, I was just a twinkle in somebody's eye at that point. I didn't come along until... What's that? Seventeen years later, um, I I would have a fee. I, I have a feeling that parts are probably not too easy to get a hold of. Yeah, those guys. I think half the I think half the fun for the like the uh, pre mod, the Evo, and the vintage guys. I think it's putting keeping the bike together and working on it. And I mean, they even have like was it Mid Ohio has this massive vintage bike days where you just go and there's tables of parts and these guys yes. have these old bikes and i think that's part of the fun of right. them right. having the bikes is the the putting it together yeah and and i'm sure that takes a lot of time yeah. and and especially the time you you probably have more time searching for parts than you do actually <laughs> working on the yeah on the bike for sure for uh sure. but we can jump to the sunday a.m um Barry McCarty took the win. Um, Justin Moraine took second. And then Sebastian LeBlanc uh, rounded off the podium in third. Hey, bud. And now for the big boys, the Sunday PM race, the pro race, if you want to call it. Jesse Ansley took the win on his Kawasaki. Um, was by, he on a 450 or a 250? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I would assume if he's racing 250s at GNCC, he would be on his 250, but I could be wrong. Um, yeah. I wasn't there. So yeah. I, I didn't I, get a chance I wasn't there for that day either. Yeah, I actually was on the way home from a trip. So I, Yes, I, which we will definitely dive deep into that so later. So I'm looking here again. We had an A-open guy busting in the top 10. We had Sean Clark in the plus 30 class. Finish and we had and we have a vet A guy tent. So the the old guy. And what about the A200? Link, is it Lincoln Biscoff? Lincoln, yeah. A200 in the top 10. Like he starts, what, row one, two. He's starting third or fourth row, I think, and at he, that point. And he and finished he's, and he's eighth overall. Up, yeah, he's timing up and getting up into the top 10. That's pretty good. Like that, you're flying on a 200. You're, that 125 or 200, what's he, what is he, what's he it's, riding? It's a KTM. Uh, so, so it could be a 200. It could be a 200. Or a 150, but he's scooting. Yeah. Scooting. And to only finish, he finished four seconds behind Sean Clark. That's not too shabby. Yeah. Because, because just a year or two ago, Sean Clark was winning double A class. Yeah. So, um, and then like you mentioned, Kyle McAfee 
Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Kyle, if you ever listen to this podcast and I'm pronouncing that wrong, please he had a, tell me. He had a busy, uh, busy weekend. Yeah. Busy weekend. Did he ride the quad this weekend? I don't think so. Oh, I so. saw it there, but I think they were using it as a pit vehicle. But I will say, um, very good to see him back at the races after his little hiatus that he took for a little bit. They, I think they missed two two rounds. Um, so good to see them back. Um, and then second place uh, overall, Scott Goller? Goller, yeah. Um, and then rounding off the podium was Garrett Edmondston. Um, but, yeah. I mean, Jesse just putting on a clinic again. Corbin Dinkle, he uh, yeah finished fourth overall. Um, so he he had a good he had a good productive weekend. Pretty good weekend. I wonder if it'll show me. No, it doesn't. I was gonna say I wonder if it's show me age because I I do uh, feel like he is a a younger younger guy. Yeah, representing the gas gas as Barsha says. Bam bam on gas gas go fast fast. Yeah, I mean just. <laughs> It, it, it took me a second. <laughs> no, it's funny. You go, you're sitting in the stadium, and I will tell you, like, Supercross pre race is one of the best. I've been to Indy 500, I've been to IMSA races, I've been to NASCAR. Supercross intros, it's really cool. The, the voice of God guy, and Ellen from Durango, Colorado. Okay, but can we talk about. Two week, two weekends ago, because it's been it's been two weeks since we filmed the last podcast. Two weekends ago, they brought the Ghostbuster car out onto the Supercross track for for intros. Yeah, I mean that is that gas, is badass. That gas, is cool. But Gas Gas, uh, you know Troy Lee, he's had some interesting sponsors. Uh, they've had Atari Hotels. They've had they've had some different stuff. So yeah, and now they have they had the Ghostbusters movie yeah. as as a sponsor, and that was the Whole Shot Award. Yeah, which I do. I think. I think their technical sponsor is Sony Pictures, yeah. right? And yeah. then whenever a new movie comes out, they yeah uh, do that. But, but any more on we, we digress. <laughs> any more on FTR? Cause see, that's where we talk about we uh, we go off road and we go off topic. Um, but so there was a U.S. Uh, national U.S. Sprint Enduro this Time weekend. Out before you go any further, yes. That was the FTR race. The next FTR race is next weekend. Next weekend, the 17th and 18th in Okeechobee, yep. which is hosted by PBTTR, which I, if I remember correctly, that track is pretty fun as well. But I'm not good at remembering tracks. Yeah, so. but it's a uh, – hit the event fly real quick because – where are we at? I'll go up to the map. Let's see, can I zoom in? Bear with us. Oh, Rucks Dairy. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's a cool track. Rucks Dairy. I don't remember which one that is. Um, you know where the sod farm is? You pass the sod farm, and as soon as you pass the sod farm, the one with the big old gates on it, and you turn down, and you go over the little canal. Yes. And the track. That's this track. Yeah. Okay. It's a cool track. They have the little swampy area field, and then they go out into the. Like you, you race under stuff like yeah. the, the overhang stuff. Yeah, you race that is that. a good track, man. Yeah. I'm I'm a little upset that I'm missing that. Well, that's the next track, though. We did click on the event flyer to check it out, and I just want to say, check this out. Selected classes will receive whole shot awards from our sponsors. Oh, cool. So that is that is pretty cool. It does not mention what classes. I guess they'll they are, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean. Guys, if you got a free weekend and you're in the Florida area, $20 per car to get in. Um, Pee Wee entry fees, $35. Um, 
post entry and then for the adult race um, all others are $70 post entry if you pre-entry it's $5 cheaper um, which I would highly recommend pre-entering because those lines are very long at FTR yeah, it's good. Uh, and the FTR so. series is really doing a, a bang-up job they're getting good food vendors in vendor row last one I yes. went down to in Punta Gorda there was a good vendors row there are some good food choices um, tracks are what the tracks are but the crews are really doing a good job on the races so FTR talk right now um, want to give a shout out to one of my racing mentors Jason Crowley just had a birthday he's getting yes. old getting old getting old um, he's a uh, right there getting ready for senior uh or super senior i think he turned 39 i think 39 i think so yeah so he raced this Man. weekend and uh, he's been doing some testing on a new bike he has out here the past couple days so or the past week and it's good seeing him on the bike and happy birthday old man i can say that because you are getting older and um i can't say that because he beat me up if I said that and hopefully, <laughs> and hopefully we'll see you at the next round in Okeechobee because I actually won't be traveling that weekend so my run down there and while you're up at the GNCC yeah. we'll go we'll and go we'll check out the good stuff to talk about. and talking about the vendors um shout out to scooters shark shack is that yeah I think yeah. it's shark shack um you know got my got all registered up and I passed there and I'm like man, that's, that smells good. And I hadn't eaten breakfast yet. Um, just cause when I wake up early in the morning, I'm just, I can't eat right out of the gate. I don't know if something's just got to settle or I don't know what it is, but waited to eat till we got to the track and he was selling, uh, bacon, egg and cheese and sausage, egg and cheese croissants. Ooh. And they were delicious. And, uh, I asked him, Shaylee, um, Shaylee came with us and she's like, I already ate breakfast before we left the house, but I'm a little peckish. Do you think you'd just give me some bacon? And uh, he was very nice. Just gave us a, a, like a fry basket full of bacon um, for us and didn't even make us pay for it. So very shout out to him. He's a great guy and um, a little reggae-ish. Like a little, yeah. I would expect him to be listening to like some Bob Marley or something while he's cooking or um, I'm, I'm not too sure, but uh, he makes great food. So I, I'm not complaining. Uh, and they're at most of the races. Yes, um, I think they're all. I, th I don't think, at least this season, I've been to one that they haven't been at. So. Yeah, them and, and Wagner Power Sports is always at mm -hmm. the races, too. And, you know, it's amazing. These guys, they follow the circuit. And Wagner, I will see him at motocross races, too. Like, when he's on an FTR race, yeah. every weekend he's somewhere. But uh, So, FTR is doing well. They're midway through the season with, uh, I think there's going to be a total of 11 races. So, we've made it to the midway point um, or beyond. And there was... Some other races as well this weekend, there was a sprint enduro, and we're going to cover a little bit of results. Obviously, we weren't there, but I think it's important since we're trying to do some of the off-road coverage um, to talk about as these guys are prepping for GNCC and National Enduro Series, yeah. they're getting in some really competitive seat time with the sprint enduro series. Yeah, so, and the National Enduro Series that's coming up as well, like the actual yeah, the regular enduro. Yeah. Um, because when you think about it, most of these guys are contracted for two series. Yeah. So this is, you know, where I go up to mid East as like a prep or these guys are making money off that. This is their job. This is yeah. their second series that they need to race. So it's all out racing. There's no holding back when it comes to, to this, where, you know, I might go up to a mid East and 
I'm running good, but if something happens, I'm not gonna, you know, push it push it too much. But these guys, man, they're they're on at Mac. If if we want to talk about McAdoo, their ball's out all the time. <laughs> so um, uh, pro one, um, Johnny Gerard took the win, which I believe I'm gonna check this real quick. I believe, yeah, he took the win at round one as well. So he is definitely on a roll. There's two days, so it's yes. So yeah. that was, which I believe this is overalls. I think for both both days. No, because you got day one right there. Yeah, but I don't know how to see. Yeah, so that, I don't know how to see overalls then, because it just shows me round one and round two. Yeah, but they Johnny Gerard the Wild Man wins both yeah. days. Both days, um, Liam Draper in second both days, and then. Cody, Cody Barnes, Barnes and Craig DeLong flip-flop. Yep. Cody Barnes finished third on day one and fourth on day two, and Craig DeLong finished fourth on day one and third on day two. So I'm going to assume it'd be like – I don't know if they do total time for both days or if you get points for yeah. each day and the second day weighs more, kind of like motocross second moto weighs more. I'm, I'm, not, I'm learning this dirt bike stuff as we go, so – Good to see Josh Toth back doing stuff. Good to see Josh Toth back. Um, Lane Michael on a KTM. So let's see Pro 2, which is basically their XE2. Jason Tino, which I'm not familiar with that name. Yeah, there's a few of the names up there. I don't know if these guys are are cutting their teeth. Um, Look at the overall because I was impressed. Go to the overall results overall i was really impressed you got a pro-am guy busting in the top 10 yeah which is none other than which i know if you follow gncc then you will know this name jojo cunningham uh got seventh overall with a total time of 5209 which was just barely scraping by um, his second place counterpart, Cooper Jones, who also broke into the top 10 uh, running Pro-Am, who finished 52-12. Okay, just for comparison, we're going to take a couple seconds here. Johnny Gerard, he was on the bike for a total of 49 minutes and 39 seconds, right? If mm-hmm. I'm reading that right. Yep. Go down to, let's see, I would be, what would I be? Old man B, or uh, really old. Go look for, what am I? What class do I race? Super, Super senior. senior. So go to. Or this year you'll plus, be a master. Keep going because they'll have senior a... a. There's the first senior guys. Is there senior B? Senior B. Here's first place senior B 107 13. Yeah, so there's older. Keep going, they'll, they'll be like master. So I can be a master. You could be a master now. So you got master A B 114 29. Yeah, so I mean, these pro guys were busting through sections in 725, seven, you know, eight minutes and there's just we don't realize how good they are yeah until you look at the times i remember the first national enduro i did Stu baylor did six tests and i think it was like 49 minutes faster than i did five tests in, in a national enduro like his total time for six tests was 49 minutes faster than my five test which is insane so if you go to the the last place person to get six tests in, all six tests in, not the last place person for the entire event, but last person to get six tests in did their six tests in an hour, 57 minutes, and 28 seconds. Yeah. 
So that is over an hour faster Fast, than yeah, slower than the than the yeah, than, slower than, than Gerard the wild man did his. So not not too shabby from Johnny, but just to put it into perspective for us people who think that we can hang with those type guys. Yeah. So uh yeah, so I guess I'm just going to have to figure out how to figure out overall placement. When is their next round? So their next round is going to be... Round three. Round three. I don't know if it... Oh, it won't no, show it. It won't show it. Let's see if I can find their, their next round. Because I wonder how they're going to compare it, like within GNCC and National Enduro, because the schedules start getting kind of tight. So their next round isn't till March 30th. Okay, so, they're, so they're, they have a whole... They have a, over a month. Yeah, and it'll be in North Carolina... And uh, I'm guessing, I'm guessing the reason for that is because you start getting into NEPG and yeah. GNCC. So you have, you have, you have Big Buck, which starts February 17th, and then there's a Mid East the week after Big Buck, and then you have Hogwaller March 2nd, then you have the General a week after March 8th. And then you have a Mideast in between those two. And also a uh, FTR, I believe, um, that's – oh, man. I exited out of my FTR schedule page. But I believe the Date City oh, race is in, between yeah. uh, Georgia and yep. – then you have Camp Coker, March 23rd. So at least for races that – or people that ride quads race-wise, I'm sure there's Enduros tossed yeah. in there. But – People who ride quads can race every weekend for the next two months. Yeah. So that's eight eight weekends back to back that you are not home. Yeah. Um, which is just mind boggling to me because there will I know people that are gonna do that. Yeah. Whereas like for me, I'm like, you know, I I need my rest break. It's that time of season. It's that time where it kicks off Michelle and I were talking about that the other day is I'm not really I'm not really racing, but we're going to a lot of races and our goal is we're kind of trying to make it to May. That's like, yeah. well, if we can make it to That's May, what it kind of, things kind of level out a little bit. And but yeah, between the quad guys with the Mideast and the FTR and GNCC, and then on the bike side, you have the U.S. Sprint Enduros, you have the National Enduros, you have the Mideast, and you have GNCC. You just pick those and you fill up your you fill yeah. up your week. You fill up your calendar and you hit what you can hit and you you call it a day. So let me see if I can get on any PG. Um, website let's go to 2024 season let's see where they're racing at nope this is not scheduled oh yeah it is upcoming races so sumter national enduro that's this weekend yeah registration closed i'm sure everybody's pumped up but hopefully it won't be cold um great facility the club that puts it on they have a nice building registration's wonderful parking is excellent um they're just it's a good good club like they uh which this is one you have been to yep, correct yep been yep. to that one we went last year and uh we stayed in a little town not far away buffalo something creek or something like that and yeah stayed there and uh tracks out in the woods you, we rode on i swear we rode on like six different pieces of properties we were going down the road at one point on a in between you know connector from section to section uh Awesome track. So starting the year off, who won it last year? 
Yeah, I was just about to mention, I like this little uh, this little bit in their website. It has the 2023 event winner. So um, Pro 1, Grant Baylor won, uh, took the win. Pro 2, Liam Draper won. And then in the women's elite class, Corey Steed took the took the win so and we saw liam we saw liam draper's name on the u.s sprint dress yes, he's been which, getting a little practice yep which he finished second yep. yesterday or this past weekend um so when is the next one or the next nepg after this april we, 11th no april yeah they take a big gap don't they yeah they usually yeah, april, april 7th, 7th okay which that is going to be where that is going to be louisiana Historic Camp Claiborne? Claiborne. I'm glad I have you. What would I do without <laughs> you? Um, in I haven't been down to Louisiana in a so. while, so um, it's one of those things. Yeah, since yeah, 2021, 2021. Which, look at that. You have Pro 1, Stu Baylor took the win, and then our guy Jesse Ansley took the win in uh, Pro 2, and then Women's Elite Shelby Turner. So. so this is the first time this event has been there in three years. So Yeah. So that'll be uh, interesting for them to them to be back at that. Um, I did want to touch on the women's pro as well. Um, so Brandy Richards took the win at the U.S. Sprint Duro. Corey Steed took second, and Rachel Goodish took um, third. So what is SCO? Jordan Jarvis. Jordan Jarvis. Isn't that a wasn't she trying to make it in motocross? Let's look her up. At some point, I, I, the name the name sounds the familiar. The name does sound very familiar. Jordan Jarvis. I thought she was. I thought she was a. Yeah, not, this is where the naivety comes from. Yeah, it looks like based on her page, she was trying to do motocross, but now it looks like she has. Signed on with the Ampro Yamaha team. Oh, sweet. So now she will be uh, racing, I guess, off-road now. She was a fast young lady. I remember she was a fast young lady in motocross. The name sounded familiar to me. Yeah, the name sounded familiar to me as well. And I just like this class, the Pro Electric class. Trevor Jones took the win. He was the only entrant. But uh, looks like he was running a Stark Varg. Oh. And uh, he was only... 11 minutes behind, 11 minutes behind, uh, um, guessing Gerard. Gerard. So, yeah. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how that works though. Cause he had to like change batteries. I'm guessing, right? Like, I would assume if you want the moat and let, I don't know enough about the electric bikes. If they, if they're full power until they're dead yeah. or if they slowly start to lose power as their battery dies. Cause I know like, just a little work knowledge, like the impact gun I use at work, it is full power until that battery is dead. So I don't know if it would work the same way or if as your battery depletes, like would he change batteries yeah. after every test to make sure he, you know, it's got to be weird too. Though. Can you imagine like being on, like it's bad <coughs> enough when guys come up behind you in the woods and they wah, wah, wah. How does an electric bike get your attention? Cause it's like, he's got to have a horn or something you think, right? Yeah, you or maybe, have... or, Maybe he's got a loud whistle because I got whistled at last last uh, at Munden Hill during the dirt bike race. There was a pre mod guy. He whistled at me, and I like, heard it very clear. with his with his mouth or did he with have his, a whistle with his mouth. He, but it was one of those like very loud, high pitched like. Dude, I don't think I could do that while I was riding. No, 
I can barely whistle when I got to whistle for the I dogs. can barely get my mouth closed to breathe in my nose. Like, much less close it get and out trying of... to whistle. Yeah, that wouldn't work. I, I... No. <laughs> and, like, it was one of those, like, you know, when people put their hand up here and yeah. mess with their lip and get it to sound really loud. It was, like, one of those. So, I don't know if he put his hand in his helmet when he came up behind me or, well, as or you, what. As you prep for the start of the GNCC series this year, have you – kind of scouted out do you know who's in your class how many guys you're gonna have because you're bumping up to the a this year so do you know how many guys you have um honestly no i actually try and distance myself from that a little bit um just because i've learned what works for me and what works for me is doing my own thing and you know well we'll we'll see we'll see how it all goes down uh at round one and we'll see who who worked the hardest over the off season and you know, who, who came out ready to swing. So I know of one person or I know of two people that moved up from my class along with me, um, whether they are still racing at this point, yeah. I don't know or not, because I know um, one of them graduated high school and I believe is going off to college. And the other one um, is a grown adult man. And I don't, I don't know anything about him, but uh just other than seeing them at the races. But so there's there's going to be two I know of that moved up from my class. And then the top two riders, um, first and second place from last year in 4x4A, uh, move, are moving up to pro class this year. So um, I think it'll be a good year. I think it'll be a very competitive year. I think we're all if, – if everybody moved up – from B class, who I think moved up from B class, I think it's going to be a lot of close battles this year because we were all relatively close in speed last year. So um, if we all progress the same over the off season, then I think it'll it's going to be a, a really good year of racing. So you used to start a certain line. How much further up are you this year from the start procedure? Exact row, I couldn't tell you unless I looked it up. Um, but I am quite a bit further up. Like, um, uh, when I was racing B class, it was very odd for me to get, if the race ran long and we got a fifth lap, it was very off character for me to be able to get that fifth lap. However, at, um, Ironman, when I moved up to a class, we ran five laps and it was a, it was a breeze to get the fifth lap. So it is quite a bit further up and a lot less traffic that I have to work. Yeah. I was going to say so, you're, you're. You're just through. You just basically avoid some lines. Yeah. So I know I'm. I know I'm in front of the women's class, which is usually a very big line um, that we have to work through, and then a couple age classes. I think like forty-five plus okay. and forty plus or something like that. Um, we start in front of as well now. So I mean, of course, we still have both pro classes. The uh, I think they changed the name to like schoolboy elite this year or something like that it used to be schoolboy senior they start in front of us and then i want to say maybe two more lines in front of us so we might be row six or row five somewhere in there um so a lot less traffic that we have to go through so you just, catch it, it, you nice. just catch it on the back end now yeah now around. we just catch the lappers yeah instead of being the lapper we catch the lappers yeah, so. it's, it, it, there's pluses and minuses but yeah. at least at least you'll get a more likely to get a your first lap will be clearer Yes. Maybe maybe halfway through the second lap yeah. to be clear. So um very cool. Well, 
the racing is pretty much it's going like there is racing going in and the season in florida is i don't care if it's dirt bikes late model stock cars road racing imsa indycar i don't care there, there is i know nascar was just doing their bush clash out in uh, uh california but all those haulers are heading back to uh, uh, Carolina and other places to get ready for speed weeks because speed week starts. And guess what happens in Florida when speed week starts? You got sprint cars, late models, dirt, pavement, and it's like 10 days of racing. And if you live in Florida, you will see hauler after hauler, yes. toter home. You'll see trailers, utility trailers. You'll see, and, and it's just guys come down here because guess what? It's, well, it's warm. Yeah, Torm. I mean, um, even little old Auburndale's getting in on the action. Yeah. They started racing tonight. Uh, they they're having a uh, a showdown um, race that they're racing from Wednesday to to Friday, really? and then Auburndale's hosting their series Saturday night. So uh, even little old Auburndale Speedway's getting in on the action. They're gonna have a busy week. I know we're, we're motorcycle centric, but we become. They had racing at Sebring last weekend. They're testing. I know mm -hmm. the I we'll get into a little bit but the team I worked for last weekend. The, one of their truck drivers, he was, they literally went back to Carolina, had to fix both cars. They were coming down to test. He was then driving for another team for six days um, after that test because they were coming to do, they were testing somewhere else. So like the, the state of Florida becomes racing central. Yeah. Whether that is motorcycles, um, for goodness sakes, they're doing three days at the very beginning, end of February, very beginning of March of Arena Cross and Daytona. Mm -hmm. um, on top of the Ricky Carmichael racing and the Quad Supercross and the GNCC and Dade City started their series this weekend for their 40-something year of yeah. racing. So it's, it's time. It's like it's busy right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, last weekend, since our last podcast, I've had – two incredible weekends i had the opportunity to work for bastard sullivan which is the factory lexus toyota lexus team in imsa they run gtd and gtd pro with the the lexus sedan and it's amazing that sound sound car sounds really cool yes and they're uh i was one of their tire assistants for the 24 hours of daytona and let me tell you a 24-hour race is not what you think yes the race is 24 hours i was up at four o'clock saturday morning we reported to work at eight o'clock. The race ended at started at one forty Saturday afternoon. So we had been working from eight to one forty. You know, the pits are already set up and everything, but you're making sure that the first ten sets of tires are what they want and the cooler's full and I mean you're already up for nine hours by the time the race yeah. starts. So the race started at one forty, went on through, got to see the fireworks at ten o'clock. Um, I really thought the night was gonna drag on. But we were so busy because the we were pitting both cars. So when the cars would come in, the pit crews would handle their job, and then they would give us the tires. And we would prep the tires for being rebuilt by Michelin, mm -hmm. getting them ready. That nighttime, that middle of the night, which I thought was going to drag, all of a sudden it was 6 o'clock in the morning, and I was like, all right. 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm thinking, no problem. It's still seven hours to go. Race in Sunday at one forty. The last box went into the semi. They had two full semis. The doors closed at 4 o'clock. I drove home. I was in bed at 8 o'clock. I had been awake for 38 hours. Wow. Nonstop. 
the the race is so intense to the crews that the teams they don't let them come home that day they send them all to the hotel go to bed when you get up in the morning you can start driving trucks are all closed up Mm -hmm. locked down and off they go to a hotel me living two hours away i just drove home i was fine until it got dark then i got tired but uh what a cool experience like to get to work for a race team and the only reason i got the opportunity is because of a 24-hour race they don't need assistance for the short races yeah they can they can handle everything but really it's amazing watching these i learned a lot that i want to bring to some of my motocross experience like responsibilities jobs looks of uh pits um what you can offer the mm-hmm. the the, the, the just the professionalism it, it was it was really astonishing so that's the reason i'm wearing the hat tonight and is in honor of them allowing me to work for as a credential member on the pit crew mm-hmm. it wasn't like a fantasy camp it was i was literally yeah. working um came home michelle and i busted tail through wednesday i woke up monday um a little groggy not gonna lie <laughs> we worked monday through wednesday thursday morning we were on the road to Detroit because uh, the rider we're helping this year, Ryland Munson, um, was trying to qualify for his first 450 Supercross. Uh, he used to ride 250 late this year or late last year. I'm talking late, like November, December. Yeah. He uh, decided he was going to ride a 450. Um, he's a big boy. Yeah. I don't mean big boy. I mean big boy. Tall. And just economically, it was going to be – more feasible for him to ride a 450 than a 250 mm. uh, maintenance at that level yeah. is tough. So we've jumped in and we kind of offer assistance to him. And so Michelle and I hopped in the gladiator and took off to Detroit. Um, got to see what it's like to be a privateer at a supercross and what we all see, whether you go to a supercross and you're sitting in the stands or you watch it on Peacock, being a privateer ford field is beautiful by the way if you ever get a chance to go to a domed race it was kind of cool like yeah um field is gorgeous Uh, by the way the comerica the baseball stadium so imagine this is the road we were driving around waiting for rylan to get situated on friday so we're driving around downtown detroit Mm -hmm. which by the way i would love to walk around like it was a cool city like it was really cool yeah it was a cool city i i felt very secure there um even though everybody says it's not yeah yeah and i guess it could be like i would i would maybe but i don't want to walk around like wells at night I mean, yeah, I, yeah 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 so I, I just you know but during the day man it was it was cool like everything's kind of in a circle but the baseball so we're driving down the road and the stadium is right there and you look through the gates and the stadium is about two levels down so oh. you're driving on the road, you're looking through the gates, and you can look down into the field. Huh. And I was like, oh, that was so cool. That is pretty cool. But uh, Comerica Park and – Comerica Field. Comerica Park and Ford Field are literally – they're here's Ford Field, here's Comerica Park, and there's a road mm-hmm. in between them. And lots of restaurants, cool hotels. But so back to the privateer life, it was 28 to 35 degrees while we were there. Golly. And when the when the wind wasn't blowing, it was wonderful. But the wind blew a lot. Yeah, there was still snow piled up. They must have had a big snow wall. Yeah, there was still snow piled up. And of course, mm-hmm. being Florida people, Michelle and I snapped a selfie in you the in the 
I'm surprised I didn't see you throw snowballs at each other. <laughs> I think it was more like ice at that point. Yeah. But, um, so the, the stadium, all the factory rigs are parked. They have them like parked in areas together. Mm. And all the factory guys were working out of the back of their rigs. They, Kawasaki had a wonderful heater system set up. And every time we'd walk by, we'd kind of like get a little bit of the yeah. heat flow. But, uh, and then the, what we'll call level B teams that have semis, they were parked in an area. And then the privateers were parked in an area, but they allowed the privateers indoor pits. So in order to get to this pit, you had to go through literally two metal doors. Like they were pushing bikes through metal doors into this pit area. Mm-hmm. And we were right next to HBI. HBI had Munoz, uh, Aiden Shive, and Cole Bradford there. They they had a rough go of it, man. I, I thought I thought Cole, uh, Hardy had two crashes, one in the heat and one in, in the last chance qualifier. Cole Bradford missed qualifying by like two one thousandths or two one hundredths of a second. Mm. Aiden Shive qualified in and then was in qualifying position, got shuffled back, and then just had a rough go of it in the in the in the last chance. And it's like, you know, you go up there and you're like, I have one rider and we didn't, he struggled. I mean, he yeah. struggled. He's got some work he needs to do. He was slow and then he got faster, but he gained time and gained confidence. And that's kind of, it's, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. But yeah. so all these people that we find and we watch these races and we're like, Oh my God, that's so they're just normal people. Yeah. They're also cold. So you would open these double doors to go outside. And you were in a building that was probably 60 to 70 degrees, maybe, you know, if if the door stayed closed, you would open these doors and you were like, oh, and I'll never forget, like, we ran into uh, Big James and Sonia, um, Mrs. Stewart, a couple of times coming in and out. And I remember one time I, I opened the doors and I saw her and she's just looking at me like, I have no desire to walk outside right now. And of course they have to because they got to get to the hauler to yeah. get inside the hauler. But um, unbelievable! If you ever get a chance to go to Supercross, go early enough. They didn't have a pit party at this one, but if they have a pit party, go to the pit party. Mm-hmm. Um, but be in your seat for opening ceremonies. Yes, it is one of the coolest things. And like the start of the first heat race, you could feel we were in industry seating and we were probably fifty rows up. You could feel the heat from the pyrotechnics uh-huh. when they blew the guns. You could feel the heat. It was like, whoa. Yeah. But the 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 pyrotechnics, the voice of God, I don't know what they call them. The voice of, is what they call them. And he has the voice like this. And it's just so cool. And yeah. the crowd goes crazy. And the riders get involved. And it's just a great experience. And and I, it was fun being there for Ryland, being a support person. So two weeks in a row, I worked two different kinds of races. And I honestly couldn't tell you which one I liked more. Like, I did more work at the 24 hours. Yeah. But I got to help an individual more at Supercross. I feel like the the, the IMSA race was probably a little bit more prestigious. Yeah. But the the Supercross race, you know, kind of, it, it would feel good for your heart, you know, because you're, you're helping somebody helping somebody else out. And there's a lot of guys like him that are just they're trying to make night shows. They're they're chasing the dream. And some people make fun of them. Uh, but you know what? If I had if I had the ability and I could go race my dirt bike and go to these I mean honestly, 
they're going to these cool cities. Yeah. Like, so far this year, they've been in Anaheim, California. They've been to San Francisco, San Diego. They've been to Detroit. They're going this weekend to Glendale, Arizona. They're racing in these amazing stadiums. Yeah. And then... And then they're going to Dallas in a couple or Arlington to where the, the Cowboys play. Yeah. They're going to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. They're they're going to some. Why not? Like yeah, why not? If you're young and you can cover your bills or someone's covering them for you, helping you out, why not? And if we can play a small part of helping a kid kind of chase yeah. that, um, but no, it was really cool. It was it was really neat to. See, and it's, you know, it's, I have such an affinity for the off-road side, but we don't go to cool places. You might pass through some cool places on the way. You'll pass through some cool places or you'll end up in some rinky-dink towns, but you're not in these built-up. Yeah, I mean. Concrete jungle type deals. It was such a difference because, like, I've been to quite a few of the GNCC. Mm -hmm. And, like, the, one of the top ones is Iron Man. Well, Crawfordsville, Indiana is not the mecca of. You're not that far away from Indy. Yeah. But we're off-road racers, so we don't really go to Indy. We stay where we are. Yeah, unless you're flying in, you have no need to go to... Yeah, so you hang out at the Walmart in Crawfordsville, and you go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. And you eat at Applebee's, and that's it. But, like, we literally were in downtown Detroit, and it's kind of cool. Like, you're in the Motor City, and and the Detroit Pistons and uh, the Little Caesars Arena was right there, and it's like... It's just a different world, but I appreciate both. It's like two opposite ends of the spectrum. One, you're usually going to big cities, you know, because that's where the stadiums yeah. are. Right? I mean, um, and then the other, like I said, you're going to Rinky Dink, Crawfordsville, or uh, Millville, Ohio, or yeah. you know, these these little little towns. And you might pass through Indianapolis, or like going to Iron Man, you go through. Uh, um, Louisville, Kentucky, yeah. you pass by the Corvette Museum. Like one year, um, two years ago, we actually stopped at the Corvette Museum, toured it. That was that was actually really cool. I'd recommend going to the Corvette Museum to anybody. Um, but it's like two opposite ends of the spectrum. One's going to these huge places. Other one's going to the smallest town they can find land in. And I will tell you, I, I think that's why there's an appeal commercially for Supercross. Mm-hmm. And, and let's even say... Forget GNCC for a moment. Let's go motocross. It's the same thing. I mean, Ironman is where they hold one of the largest motocross races. Yeah. Speculation is it's going to hold the 2025 motocross of nations. Oh, wow. Well, where are all those people going to stay? I can tell you Crawfordville can't handle it. No. Crawfordville can't even handle the Ironman GNCC. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we stayed, when we went to the Ironman, we stayed at, in Green Castle, I think. Mm-hmm. And we stayed 22, like, 22, 30 miles away yeah. from, from the track. So motocross is also different. Beautiful places. And that's the thing, too, is please don't – I think these big cities are cool. But, man, you go to Millfield, Ohio, and you go to some of these places, it's gorgeous, gorgeous yeah. property. You're just – it's a different environment. And great scenery. and It's kind of like – it's kind of like – Indy car versus Auburndale Speedway. You know, yeah. it's, it's you go to these these meccas of speed, and the infrastructures are just different. Um, and that, I think that's what caught me this weekend was we were literally in downtown 
Detroit. And I, I yeah. told Michelle a couple times, I'm like, can you imagine being a kid? You've gotten good and you are racing. You're in a, you're in a downtown city and you push your bike into the stadium and you're racing your bike where the Detroit Lions played. And it's like the, uh, which I believe, I don't follow the NFL much, but I believe they're on their way to the Super Bowl, aren't they? Well, they lost. They, oh. they, they lost, but yeah, they were in the playoffs. As you can see, I don't follow NFL. They, but were, they were in the playoffs. And it's like Tampa Supercross. Yeah. I mean, you're, which unfortunately isn't on the schedule anymore, but um, you're rolling your bike into the stadium where Tom Brady just won the yeah. Super Bowl for this team. And it's like, you know, that – that is cool. Just coming the in, history of these yeah. places that you're in. I mean, coming in under the lights and, and that was like, I, t- I take the same thing. I'm, I get, I get emotional when it comes to the racing stuff. Cause like IMSA, all the teams line up before the start of the race, the fans are out walking around the cars. You're working, you're working and everybody's taking pictures. And I joked about, I have no idea how many videos and pictures I was yeah. in that I wasn't trying to be in, but you're just working and people are snapping mm-hmm. Pictures. I know one one young lady. I don't know who was behind me, but I was rolling tires, and I stood up, and all I saw was this face of. <sighs> so I don't know whose picture I photobombed, but whatever she was trying to get, I ruined it not on purpose, but just. Oh man! And uh, <laughs> then then you go to Supercross, and the lights come out. They have the lady singing the national anthem. Fireworks go off. The lights come on. It's that. It's that. The atmosphere. The atmosphere. GNCC does a really good job of the kind of doing the prep and the, yeah. the start with the meat wagon now they have. Yeah. And, um, you know, honestly, I think that's the best you can do. It's just you can never do what they can replicate inside the, yeah. the stadiums. And um, motocross, same way. They can't They can't do what no. they do. I mean, you can do. have your fireworks. Like, I think at Ironman this last year, they had fireworks after the national anthem and stuff. But, it, I mean, it's in the middle of the yeah. day. It's it's light outside. All you're hearing is the pop. You're not hearing the yeah. – the um, or you're not seeing the, the, the lights. But, like like you said, you can't replicate it. And I think Feld has done a very good job at that. I mean, they've always done the pyrotechnics yeah. and, the, and that stuff. But, I mean, Feld is not a – I might say this wrong, but they're not a – governing sanctioned like motocross or supercross drive like their they're they, their background company. is an yeah. entertainment company disney on ice marvel superheroes monster trucks yeah i mean you know, they're ring, an entertainment company and i believe that they've been able to bring a lot more people to the sport maybe maybe they don't ride but they at least tune into supercross on saturday night because they see it and they're like, yeah. oh man this is this is cool stuff. I want to. I want to keep watching this. Yeah, and, and they they run a pretty tight show. Is is pretty cool. But um, that being said, I've had a lot of fun in the big boy sports world the past couple of weeks. Um, playing uh, assistant for a race team, playing team manager slash uh, servicer of hey, do you need water? You know, what can we help you with? He had a mechanic, so I didn't have to. Yeah, you, you don't have want to wrench. you don't want me wrenching, but. I didn't have to wrench and then I get a couple weeks break, but there's a big moment coming up. We'll have some podcasts before, but I'm really going back to the roots. and I'm going to be team manager for a day when GNCC in Florida. So yes. 
Yes. So I'm I'm gonna literally have covered the spectrum of sports yeah. here. Cars, quads, dirt bikes. Yeah. And all right, what else are we forms. missing? So um I feel like I just need to like do some uh bandolero racings for somebody and I'll be yeah. covered. I mean all you're you'll be managing everybody. Now we just have to, to get you to race all of these races. Now you have to race a car, you have to race a dirt bike, <laughs> and now you gotta race a quad. Yeah. I mean and it's I just full a quad circle. one time. And I was Full lied circle. to. I was lied to. I'm going to tell you. My brother was like, ah, man, you can hit trees. They will fall over. I hit a tree, and the tree did not fall over. I fell over, <laughs> but the tree did not fall over. Just I, ask Bryce about how trees don't move at the Munden Hill track. He uh, he he hit one pretty good, and and the way that they had described it to me is, oh, he just, he just you know, hit the tree. Well, I'm watching the GoPro, and he hits the tree. And next thing I know, I just see body flipping over the over the GoPro because he's got the GoPro mounted on the handlebars. And next thing I see him is just flipping over the handlebars. And I'm like, dude, you didn't just hit that tree. You you crashed. Like you ate crap. And welcome to welcome to the big boy show. Yeah. Like that is you will have many more of those throughout if you keep this up. Yeah, I raced the quad one time, so I'm I'm good. I've I've done the go-kart racing. Um right now I'm more in the uh trying to help others achieve yeah. achieve goals but it's been fun it's been a fun couple of weeks i know we had a couple of weeks off um you're going to do mid-east next week or this weekend that, that's the goal okay um I, i'm not 100 percent sure um if we're going to go up yet or not just due to if the bike isn't done that's the main reason why we're going up there of course we want seat time but i can get seat time here in florida and save the time and money to travel up there if the bike isn't going to be done so um and also just a matter of this sway bar, um, if we can get one fixed in time. I believe Derisi has one sitting at the shop, so um, they might be able to bring that to the race, and we'll we'll slap it on. But um, before we end this thing up, I just want to say, not to get everybody's hopes up, but we might be having a special guest come on here soon, um, that, being, that special guest being Jesse Ansley. So... Um, we're starting to go back and forth a little bit more about refining some of the, the details on, on when we can get them on. But I, I think it'd be pretty cool to have them as a, as a regular every, you know, every once in a while, especially, you know, now that GNCC season's coming in full swing, maybe every other race or something, we have him come on for a, a little section and he can, you know, 15, 20 minutes, he can tell us on how stuff is going. But obviously that first, that first podcast he's, he's on, it'll be a, a full interview type deal. And I'd love to have him on if we could somehow work it after the first GNCC, kind of going through his bike change, the prep, 450 to 250, mm-hmm. his trip to Panama that he does yeah, every year. Yeah, that was cool. Um, what that's about, because I think they do some good stuff while they're there as mm-hmm. well. Uh, and now that his first national event would be over with, yeah. he can give us a rundown on how it went and yeah, how he's feeling on everything. Kind of catch up, because I remember him when he was – a little guy and battling and um on on the, on the mini bikes and there was like three three of them that were just rippers at the time mm-hmm. and but uh now he's a grown grown man and and built his own program so um and and as i've said publicly i think you know he's kind of at a, a crossroads in his in his racing yeah. career and and uh i'd love to love to sit down and talk to him about it and it'd be kind of kind of fun it, it would it would be nice to have an interview set up but uh still have to get brandon fraser on at some point yes, i, I know that, that they're 
they have pretty big media presence and, and we'd probably have to go through his media department, his dad, and get that set up. But I think it'd be cool to, to sit down with him and talk about um, being a pro 4 by 4 quad guy and that transition. Yeah, because he's uh, very local. We could probably yeah. work an in-person thing out there. So we've got some, got some things now that we're kind of getting into the season, and it won't just be MJ and I all the time, but we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. If, you, if he races this weekend, we'll have a podcast. If he doesn't race this weekend, we won't have a podcast. <laughs> so if one way or the other, there will, will be one in two weeks for sure. Yes, so, absolutely. If um, not next week, definitely. In after two. the first round of the GNCC and the next FTR round. so mm-hmm. um, And we'll catch up on what happened at the NEPG and the Mideast. And we'll cover it all. But I, that, I we went off the rails a little bit with my racing uh, ventures. Um, by the way, before we leave, we are through Detroit. Uh, what do you think of the... 450 class so far and the intro of the 250s well i i say we'll start with the 250s first because there's really not too much to talk about as in you can't really base anything off of this weekend because of the crap show that the start was um which i don't think it was anybody's fault i think it was just a massive racing incident yeah Um, because no one no one is on purpose turning dead right at a left yeah and if we slowed down the video if you look at it it looks like just unfortunately trying to squeeze into that left-hand corner, somebody got pinched or their bars got jumped and it bounced. It just caused everybody to yeah. slide to the right and unfortunately took out a lot of major title contenders. However, uh, as much as I like Deegan, I don't know how well he was going to do coming into this because, you know, you've seen the rumors, you've, you've heard them and of him not being 100% coming into this race. So, you know, I guess you can say what it could have been. He looked good. He looked good in the heat race. He looked spiffy in the heat race. Um, being there and watching it in person, it, it looked pretty solid. Um, so I don't know, but we did lose a couple contenders. Like there's some guys that, with as short as their series is, it's yeah. going to be hard to. In order for them to even be in contention, they would basically have to win out. Yeah, and I just, Ansi looked good, Fortner. I mean, we, we bumped into Ryan Hughes, not dropping names, literally bumped into him as we were trying to park. And um, I was like, why is Ryan Hughes here? And then it hit me. Oh, wait, he works with Fortner now. Yeah. Fortner sounded different. He looked different. He looked safe. Um, there were some moments that in the past, he just probably would have not made a mistake, but bobbled more. And yeah. He just kind of looked controlled. And I, plus, it also looks easy. When you get two hole shots, it kind of looks easy. You know? yeah. And, and uh, there was some good racing, but I think we lost a few champions. We have now guys that can be disruptors. Mm-hmm. May not be in it for the championship. Yeah. They can be disruptors. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, so we big, don't know. Big ups, Daxton Bennett, right? Third place on his first uh, debut race. I mean, that's, yeah, that that's was, pretty legit. That now was, he was aided in you know, multiple people crashing out, but... You know, that's racing. If you can't stay up, you can't stay up, and people are going to take your place. There's a guy on the Ty Lube team, and I have the results. I, I He looked good in his heat race. Brand new. Brand, he out-qualified Romano, who's on a star bike, and uh, and then went out and I had a top, top 15 first round rookie straight up. Mm-hmm. Like, not, not one of the 
higher touted rookies. Yeah. Um, but no, it was, it's good. Uh, real quick aside, we were sitting in industry seating and right in front of us during the last chance qualifier was uh, some Triumph guys. I don't know if they were execs or whatever. One of them had a walkie-talkie and they're talking. And Evan Ferry got the lead in the last chance qualifier. And by the way, the Triumph bikes look pretty good. The Renin gear looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a nice, yeah. it's a good look. It's a it's a good look. And by the way, I hope Evan Ferry is okay because that was one hell of a massive hit. hit. He deflected off the pad, which I'm sure aided a little bit. But man, he hit that wall so hard. The the, the concrete wall. I wish and, he would have had a uh, shout out fly. Um, I wish he would have had a Formula S helmet on because to to know the amount of G's yeah. that that helmet took in that hit would have been very cool. Because he uh, was data the to see. he was the bottom bun of all the meat coming. Up. Yes, he was the new double Big Mac. Yes, basically, and he was the very bottom bun, but uh, he was leading, and there was a like a little triple that led onto the horseshoe arcing start straight, and. He clipped it a couple times. Just bobbled. You know, those guys bobble a lot. They, the, the guy sitting in front of us, I don't know who he is. Don't know what he was. Every time he'd clip it, he'd go, oh. And he's, then you could see, like, it was getting to, like, the last lap. There was 30 seconds left and came around. There's two laps left. And, and you could see the tension in these four gentlemen. It was a last chance qualifier. But they wanted both bikes in the main, yeah, so badly. Now to have it happen like it did, congratulations, Jalik Swole getting sixth. That's not bad. That that says right now that bike's not bad. Yeah, that bike's not. And I understand. Same thing with the crash and stuff. But he was there. He rode good. But when when Evan took the checkered flag and won that, they all jumped up, and it was it was like. All you can say was like, man, congratulations. Like, yeah. thank you. And they were flying out to go like, because he, the funny thing was, is I felt bad for the two fifties cause they did four fifties first, but the two fifty LCQ was last. Those guys finished and immediately just went to the gate. Mm. The guys that qualified in, they, they didn't even leave. They just went set on the line and got yeah. ready to start. So I don't know where those guys were going. I don't know if they came back. I didn't really pay attention, but it was just funny because they were so excited to win the LCQ, this brand new manufacturer. And by the way, the Triumph rig, if you get the chance to see the rig, it is jet black, shiny as can be. And all their yellow marker lights, they have extra amount of yellow marker lights. And they beam down onto the tra- oh, That okay. trailer looks sweet. Uh, it was like really gorgeous. But uh, Mike Brown is our team manager. And I'm still trying to track this down. Apparently, the heat race, we missed the second heat race. Mm-hmm. We were loading Rylan out so he could get back on the road. And something must have happened between Pierce Brown and a Triumph rider. I'm not sure. I missed that one. I didn't get a chance to see it. Because Mike Brown, it's, it's too cold. So people literally left the stadium and were walking to their trailers. Mike Brown had some choice words for Pierce Brown as Pierce Brown was riding by. And, of course, Pierce Brown did not stop. This Mike is Brown the event that you saw, or that they're talking about. Uh oh! Wow! Oh, yeah, that's uh. So he just teed him up. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay. I I remember seeing something about a a Triumph rider being just ejected off the track. And, oh yeah. Uh, okay. I was like, man, I think it was a gas gas that took him out. While you were saying that, and it 
made me uh, yeah. Pier- so Pierce Brown was spoken to in a not nice tone by Mike Brown. They're not related. And I found out that Mike Brown is the team manager. That was news to me too. I had no idea that he had moved to Triumph. Yeah. Because he's had a long relationship with Husqvarna, KTM. Yeah, yeah. And he's now with Triumph. And it was just, it was funny being in that dynamic yeah, of, yeah. of being there. We were, um, when Colin Park was injured and there was another guy, I can't remember his name. He was at the medical area and they were working on Jeremy. And the mechanic came by and was like, he's going to be all right, guys. He's just a little loopy. And it was like, oh, okay, sweet. Like, yeah, cool. That's that's cool. But uh, it was a different perspective. But, yeah, it was it was, it was was fun being there in that environment and doing it that way. But uh, if there's nothing else, we'll wrap this one up. As we say all the time, we're going to talk off-road and we're going to go off track some. Yep. And uh, for MJ and – is there, any, is there a sponsor you want to shout out this week? Um, well, I just have my DP brake shirt on. Um, okay. It is DP brakes and clutches. Now, I'm on a 4x4, which is a CVT, so there's no clutch there. Um, but DP brakes and clutches, they pretty much any brakes that you need, brakes or rotors, um, they're very heavily involved in, um, I'm going to call it MotoGP, but I don't think they sponsor any moto actual MotoGP teams, but motorcycle road racing. And uh, obviously, they're very heavy into the GNCC, especially on the um, ATV side. But I do know they do sponsor some factory um, uh, motorcycle teams as well. So uh, just shout out to DP Brakes. Um, if you need anything from them, make sure you contact Larry Mills. Um, he's basically the guy um, for DP. So, yeah, that's, that's who I got for today. Well, I don't have any sponsors. So I'm going to give a shout out to the Vastor Sullivan racing team for giving me the opportunity to work with them. That was awesome. It was, if you were a child, it would have been a childhood dream. I didn't know that was a dream of mine, but it was cool. Oh, I would have loved to do it. And uh, also want to give a shout out for to Ryland Munson for allowing us to, it's going to sound weird since we're the ones helping him, but for allowing us the opportunity to yeah. get into the backside of the sport. And uh, I also want to thank my wife, Michelle, for making all that possible with Michelle and Trey Real Estate. And, uh, Last but not least, happy birthday, Jason. Enjoy your last year in your 30s because officially you will be an old man. Even though you act like it sometimes, you will officially be an old man next year at this time. So enjoy this last year of youth. And for MJ Udonis, I am Trey Heath. This is the Beyond the Curve, the MX podcast goes off-road and off-track. And we will see you in one or two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.